Welcome to Speak Sex. I am your host, Eve Eurydice. I'm your sex whisperer here on the internet universe. And uh, today, in honor of uh, Valentine's Day, we, <laughs> we have um, a guest who will tell us about the origins of sex in the animal world that we all come from. So, um, Ron McGill is uh, actually a celebrity here in Miami. He is the wildlife expert at the Miami Zoo. He's a zoologist by trade, uh, but for the past uh, 30 years, he's known for giving this lecture that we're going to hear today, part of it, a version of it, um, about sex uh, in the animal world. I don't know why we call that kingdom. That's so, you know, wrong. Because (laughs) scientifically, they, they... Group things in kingdoms. They're phylums and kingdoms. Yeah. So it's the animal kingdom. Yeah, but... Ugh. Okay. So... Uh, <laughs> queendom? Does that make you happier? Queendom? The animal kingdom? Just... Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> we, we give them the patriarchy, like, impose it on them. And Anyway, so... Um, he, Ron has, uh, is also a wildlife uh, spokesman and expert on TV, on like NBC. Good Morning and, America, CNN, uh-huh. MSNBC. Yeah, I'm a yeah. contributor for wildlife. That's wonderful. And you've done a number of documentaries, right? We have. We've been very successful with the documentaries, mm-hmm. won six Emmy Awards. So Wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And they've taken you around the world? I've been very fortunate to travel around the world. I, I guess one of my favorite places to go is Africa. I've been there mm. over 50 times. Mm. Um, you know, and it never it's never the same. That's the great thing about wildlife. You never know what to expect. You mm. can't predict what wildlife is going to do. Mm-hmm. And the more you look at it, the more you learn. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, well, so the first lesson already that I've learned from you <laughs> is like just liberate yourself from the idea of a predictable goal. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you just know, do I, your best and don't try to control the outcome. Don't try huh? to control the outcome and don't try to live up to someone else's expectations. Mm. And that's especially true with sex. When I that's came up, right. When, when, <laughs> I was when, just going to say that's great sex advice. Well, when I came up with this, with this presentation, uh, when I start, I introduce the crowd. I tell, listen, folks, you know, the great thing about animals and the reason why you can learn so much about them is, is because they don't have hangups about the size of things, the frequency of things, the duration of things. Uh, you know, if it feels good, they do it. They don't watch Oprah. They don't watch talk shows, <laughs> you know, where, where you hear yeah. these so-called experts saying, well, you should do this this many times or it should feel like this or you should do that. You know, people mm. need to understand everybody's different. And mm-hmm. what animals do, if it feels good, they do it. Mm. They don't worry about these things. And that's what I tell people. When they come to see this mm. presentation, they come to see things. And I tell them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm also a Nikon ambassador, so I take photographs for Nikon. I'm a Nikon re- representative. So with my camera, I have photographed animals courting, breeding, in very explicit terms. Mm. So uh, in my presentation, I don't use any profanity or anything like that, but it's very explicit, and I use it to the point. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I've got, when you come to my presentation, I've got a 10-foot screen, and the whole screen can be the size of a rhino penis and an elephant penis and you know, all kinds of things going on there. It's beautiful. And, and people are fascinated by it because... Mm-hmm. You know, we, we kind of live in a hypocritical society. Yes. <laughs> very, yes, that's, very, very that's what so. this podcast is it, all about. <laughs> it, it, there's a hypocrisy yeah. in people who pretend to think, oh, 
oh, I mean, I'll go to the zoo, and on any given day, everybody in the zoo is in front of one exhibit, and they're looking over each other's shoulders to see what's going on in the exhibit. I'll tell you what's going on in the exhibit. Mm-hmm. Animals are having sex. Oh, yeah. So, Especially the monkeys. Yeah. And who they, are, like, so human-like. You know, very and you're much like, so. <gasps> very much so. But, you know, it's not, it's not just the monkeys. It's not just the primates. I think what I tell people is that when they look at what I'm going to show them on the screen, whether it be monkeys, whether it be dolphins, mm-hmm. whether it be oh, the you dolphins know, lion, lions and wow. tigers... Uh, they're going to see things that animals are doing on the screen that they have either done or they have thought about doing, but they thought it might have been weird or it might have mm-hmm. been freaky. Hmm. You know, uh, a classic example I give to mm-hmm. them is flamingos. Mm-hmm. You know, flamingos are monogamous. Hmm. They, they pair with one animal, but they will not have sex unless at least 30 other flamingos are watching. <laughs> they are exhibitionist monogamous. Exactly. And I love many animals that. are. And hey. zoos, what we've had to do for uh, zoos that don't have exhibitionist monogamy. Ha- absolutely. And and what zoos have done, for instance, if you have a flock that's not 30 animals and you can't get them stimulated to breed, <laughs> do you know what we do with them? No. We surround them with mirrors. Wow. And the mirrors work. They see wow. themselves in the mirror and it stimulates the breeding. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, and I know some friends that like to use mirrors for <laughs> oh, a lot absolutely. of things also. Yeah. So it tries, it tries, it tries to yeah. explain some of the things that we feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I explain to people, when you have, you know, anybody who has a pet dog goes out and walks your dog. You know, that dog is urinating on every tree branch if you have a male dog mm-hmm. because he's leaving his calling card. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. Urine is the number one catalyst to sex in the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's the, it carries the hormones, it carries the pheromones, mm-hmm. everything's in there. Mm-hmm. If you have a female dog and she's mm-hmm. going into heat, she starts spotting everywhere. Mm-hmm. She's leaving her calling card. Mm-hmm. We as humans, we have kind of dulled some of our original senses you know we Mm -hmm. douse ourselves with colognes and perfumes and things Mm -hmm. but there are pheromones that animals give off that Mm -hmm. we give off as human beings Mm -hmm. i I tell women this all the time listen when i went to college sorority girls i I was a sorority sweetheart up there and the sorority girls would go into their room okay (laughs) they had had the sorority sweetheart thing and (laughs) and the uh the -hmm. sorority girls would, would get their roommate in and what would happen is the one roommate would have her period starting on the first of the month, and the other one had her period starting on the fifteenth mm-hmm. of the month. Mm-hmm. Within four to six weeks, their periods were starting within oh, three days. Oh, definitely of each other. for sure. Because Roommates we menstruate at the same time. Exactly because you, your body gives we off pheromones. Ovulate at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and then it's usually also in tandem with the moon. Exactly. And and people don't realize so why full that moon, is. Thinking, oh my most God, likely, you're, right. you're yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. these are all things, but this all goes back to wildlife, to animals. Yeah. Animals synchronize their cycles also. And there's mm-hmm. a reason for that in wildlife, mm-hmm. because when animals synchronize their cycles, it's because they all, they all cycle at the same time. They get bred at the same time. Mm-hmm. They all give birth at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's synchronized so that they give birth in the, in the season of plenty when there's rains, there's a lot exactly. of grass to eat. But yeah. also, when all the animals are born at one time, what that does is it floods the food market. The predators that are there are going to eat the first few that are born. But then mm. they're going to get full. It guarantees the survival of others. That's beautiful. So there's a reason for all of this. Yeah. You know, there's a reason. Yeah. And that's what I try to show people. I say, you know, if we keep an open mind and look mm-hmm. at these things and understand, um, animals do a lot of different things. I start out... I, well, we have our own mating season, and we definitely have, you know, women at least, mm-hmm. you know, a time of the month where You're we are extremely, you know, sexual and aroused, right. you know, in a, in a like, distra- distracting, mentally distracting way. Right. Um, but we dishonor that 
because we have, and I think this is like, you know, how we have an original sin. Oh, I think yeah. this is our original sin that we've separated ourselves from nature, I which agree. is like the fall from Eden, right? right. So, but it wasn't because we stole a fruit of knowledge. It was because, you know, the patriarchy took over <laughs> and came up Blame with this idea and came yeah. up with a story. Well, no, it's not, I don't think the patriarchy is really like gender-based at all. Right. It's just a system of controlling both genders, all genders, now that right. we have many genders. Um, but, but what I'm trying to say is that, you know, until those monotheistic religions, Judeo-Christian, Muslim, etc., that we all come out of, um, you know, earlier religions, like the ancient Greeks, mm -hmm. you know, who otherwise came up with so much of what we consider like the, you know, the birth of humanism and of Western civilization, blah, blah. You know, it, they, had, they had gods, but their gods were anthropomorphic. They were like kind of eternal versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. And they got turned on and they got, you know, they had affairs and they raped people, you know, and they were jilted and lovers and, you know, one. So even though like they didn't eat human food, you know, they had like nectar and ambrosia, they still had sex in human ways with humans. With So it didn't occur to them that, you know, th that, that people to legislate sexuality through uh, spirit, you know, mm -hmm. through the divine. It, it was only when, for whatever reason, you know, religion, we brought religion into like the sexual life right. that everything got so confused. And now we have, um, and it's a way of controlling us because, you know, our sexuality is our ultimate instinct. So it's the hardest aspect to control, right? So with this fear and shame, right. Right. We have been, you know, getting further and further away from this nature you're going to tell us about. Right. And now, you know, all we have is like words to try to get back to it. We have to talk about it <laughs> to try Absolutely. to find our, our origin. Absolutely. And, and I say that all the time, you know, with animals, uh, there's this, this misconception. For instance, there are some extremists that will tell you that animals only have sex to reproduce. Nonsense. Mm. Nonsense. Animals have sex because they enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does lead to reproduction. Right. But if it was just to reproduce, you wouldn't have the rampant masturbation that you see in both sexes uh, of animals across the board. There are animals, for instance, dolphins, that are so hypersexual. Uh, homosexuality is found throughout the animal mm -hmm. kingdom. This is another yes. thing that, yeah. you know, religious... That's another thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Religious extremists would find you to believe that this is some human sin. Absolutely not. Right. It's found throughout the But they're the not homosexual. Kingdom. They're bi... That's the difference, you know, and, that's another one. Like, they can be... Absolutely. They can go with either, it, right? It, it is a pleasure, absolutely. You mm -hmm. know, probably the, one of our closest relatives, the bonobo, the pygmy chimpanzee, mm. is the, the least... bonobo. Yeah, you, you should look it up. You'd be interested in your mm -hmm. field because it's the pygmy chimpanzee and it's the least violent primate society in the world. Mm. Why? They solve everything with sex. <laughs> everything is solved with sex. Once there is a dispute... Yeah. There's sex. It's oral sex. Wait, 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 wait. What? What? This is the So, okay, truth. so if two men, usually it's the males right. who dispute. Right, right. And <gasps> there are two males. One male will pleasure another male. One female will pleasure that's another female. That's how the ancient Greeks did it. Well, that's Kinda. exactly how the bonobos do it. Okay, so, and it's totally natural and has nothing to do with reproduction. It's all with making things good. Okay, bringing peace to the society again. Everything is solved with sex. Whereas, you know, we talk about, uh, 
You know, wow. males would bring, you know, in the human race, we bring a woman jewelry or take her to a fancy dinner. Well, a male or female will pleasure that female to mm. make sure she's happy. To it's show so much better it it is. than monetizing it. It, 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 it is. Just, and yeah. animals do that. And, and these mm -hmm. are so many societies of animals that you can see. Mm. So the bonobo mm -hmm. is probably the most well studied because it mm -hmm. is the most sexual group of advanced vertebrates and it is the least violent. So what does that tell you? You know, it, it, comes, <laughs> it, it comes from the 60s. Yeah, you know? it comes Make from love, the 60s. I know. That is the definition of a bonobo society. I know. And that was such a great time and it seemed to be going somewhere and then, you know, you know it was deflated. Uh, I really think the worst thing, I mean, a lot happened, but I really sure. think that, you know, what one of the worst parts of it, I think, was the ad advent of AIDS because, um, and, and I, I, I'm, I don't know, you're the scientist, but it seems like it did come from our trying to have sex with all kinds of species that were not our own. Well, <laughs> but, you know, be. from sexual repression, right. you know, not being able to find, like, sex abundantly in your community, something like that. Uh, you know, I, um, but, but then everyone got afraid that, you know, sex would kill you, so it was just sure. the beginning of our having free sex yeah. and, and, and birth control, you know, so that didn't have that, you know, fear of like conceiving every time. And it lasted so, so little. And then immediately, you know, that kind of like panic spread everywhere. And you had to pick sides, you know, right. the gay community, like kind of, you know, you were gay or you weren't, you know, the straight well, the community is it also pulled gave, up. And, you know. The, it gave extremists it was a lot this of false backlash. Okay, it yeah. became a fear tactic. Yeah. It became a scare tactic yeah. for, for these extremists. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I oh, tell yeah. people it's all the time, you know, sex is the most natural process in our lives. Yes. It is also, especially at certain times in our lives, the single most powerful biological drive that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's the thing that I, I have a big problem with is that you have people, you know, like I said, you're embarrassed to be seen in an adult bookstore, yet, you know, adult channels on the internet are the most highly viewed channels. So it just is a reflection on the hypocrisy of society that we try to be so puritanical to say, oh my God, we you know, cannot talk about sex. You cannot talk about these things. And it inhibits people to the point they start having psychological problems mm -hmm. over it, as opposed to understanding how mm -hmm. beautiful and natural and fun. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with saying sex is fun. You know, and people don't get that. But if you watch animals, you would learn by watching them that, you know what, they're having fun. They're having fun. They're not hung up on all these predisposed things that they're supposed to be doing or expected to do. They do what feels good. They have great communication. You know, another misconception about animals is that you look at lions, for instance, mm -hmm. that it's the lion. He's the king of the beast, right? Mm -hmm. Anybody who's studied lions like I have will know mm -hmm. that the lion's not the king of the beast. When it comes to relationships and... It's very important people understand this. In most animals, in most animals, mm -hmm. when it comes to sex, mm -hmm. the female is the one who makes the choice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She is the one yeah. who chooses the male. Rape has only been documented in two advanced vertebrates, human beings and orangutans. Wow. That's the only place that rape has been documented. Wow. Otherwise, it's always the female who instigates the connection. Hmm. She is the one who chooses the mate. The male is the one that has to prove that he's worthy of her, which is why you have courtship. You know, the peacocks, for instance. Mm -hmm. You see the peacock male? He's always mm -hmm. out there doing his thing, trying to get the female's attention, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Because it's his, it's his responsibility to prove to her that he is worthy of her. Mm -hmm. She can choose him or not, mm -hmm. but it's always the male. The lion's the yeah. same way. He has to fight off other males to prove to the female 
unworthy. If he tries to breed the female and she's not receptive, she will swat him and he will go away. Yeah. He doesn't force himself on her. Yeah. Well, my, my pet theory, this is just me, but my pet theory of patriarchy is that it was created to exactly, you know, like overturn that, mm-hmm. that specific, you know, way of of choosing you know it, it was it's a way to like protect let's say men from women's you know procreative power from right. the fact that they were the ones who could basically orgasm continuously right. with one mate af- one after exactly. another the man would ejaculate fall asleep right. you know and then she would you know her screams would like bring some other you know right. like uh, <laughs> erect and ready male well, who if a- she chose him she would, you know, be able to like have another orgasm, and basically until she conceived again, like she she wouldn't, uh, you know, be have that exhaustion. You know, women get kind of like energized and fed absolutely by their orgasms, and they can, uh, you know, and also like ejaculating. You know, the the the, the female ejaculate, which is you know so like demonized, and now it seems rare. Right, and most women think, oh, I could never do that. It was actually, you know, natural. So that that was another example of like the equality of, of you know, right. the sexes, which you know has been shifted through social conditioning. So it really has, you know, kind of like accepting our animal nature, which is what I think you're talking about. Because I believe we're all um, animals at heart. We have uh, instincts. There are yeah, natural instincts know, right? that have evolved over yeah, millions we, of years. Yeah, and these are things that have come up through the animal kingdom, right up mm-hmm. to human beings. And I, like I said, when people come to this presentation that I do. They see a lot of themselves in these animals. You know, mm-hmm. when, when people, for instance, they get into, um, you know, what's, you know, uh, there are certain cultures that would say, well, you know, a male would never perform oral sex in a female. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I many, know friends of mine that go, oh, my God, I would never many, do that. Many, like macho cultures, exactly. yeah. And it's so unbelievable to me because the reality is, like I said, urine is the number one catalyst to sex because urine is the... the, the Carrier of all the pheromones, mm-hmm. the hormones mm-hmm. that are sexually attractive to mm-hmm. a man. Mm-hmm. So when a man is doing that, that's arousing. It's mutually beneficial because if he does it right, it's also arousing for the female. Mm-hmm. But why do you think dogs are always smelling each other in the bread? Mm-hmm. Why are they always looking? Yeah. They're getting that information. Mm-hmm. Okay, dogs don't have this. Oh, it's intel notion. gathering. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's intel <laughs> yeah, gathering. Yeah. That's what you're doing. You're getting information. Is she mm-hmm. receptive? Is she cycling? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are animals, for instance, lions. When a lioness wants to be bred, mm-hmm. she will go in front of the male, and I've got this all documented in mm-hmm. photographs. Oh, she wow. will lay, and she'll urinate right into his face. How? Like a little atomizer. That's so and hot. He, gets that, and he, does, <laughs> he does a behavior called Fleming, uh-huh. where he opens his lip and he does this and he looks uh-huh. because he's kind of wine tasting. There's an organ in the roof of the mouth that analyzes he's the wine urine. tasting. I call it wine tasting. <laughs> I, I do. I he's call like, it wine tasting because he's analyzing the urine to see if it's if the wine is ready to drink. Wow. Okay, to see if it's aged properly. And wow. she knows when she's urinating into uh-huh. his face, she knows that she's ready. Uh-huh. And as soon as he gets that, boom, then she sits down, uh-huh. she raises her tail, and he mounts her. But again, uh-huh. she's instigated this. If he tries to mount her without her instinct, she will let him have it. Uh-huh. And in the animal kingdom, no does mean no. Right. So, yeah. how, so what does she do when he tries... Uh... Well, when she wants to be bred and she's urinating in his face. No, she, fine. So she stays, she rates, she swells up. I know because I've seen my dog, you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the little vagina, her little vagina gets all swollen and she turns like, you can see she looks human. Her eyes yeah. have the same expression as like ours do when we are in sex space, you know, right. when we're, you know, well, aroused. Well, see, the goal is- she gets like that Google eye thing and then she kind of sticks her butt out. No one can miss, you know, her there, swollen. It's a, it's a signal. 
And when she find and if but if she doesn't like the dog, she like yaps and you know there is no way she turns into but, like a wild animal. <laughs> but also, also some animals. And she's a Maltese for those who yeah who haven't who don't know who I'm talking about. A also, tiny Maltese also play hard to get. Mm. Some animals do play that little cat and mouse game a little bit, mm. you know, and you see it in human beings also. You know, this is not going to be that easy for you. You need to work for it a little bit. But mm. if the male all of a sudden gets put off, says, okay, so I'm what sorry. is that? Why do why do they do well, that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, mm. if you have a female dog and she starts spotting all over the place, the first male dog that comes to her, she's not going to let him breed her right away. Mm-hmm. The goal is because she wants as many male dogs to come as possible. Right, exactly. Okay, these dogs are going to fight with each other for That's the privilege right. to be with her. Yes. It's survival of the fittest. Yes, and then when she's done with that fittest. dog, she'll breed another dog. Her right. goal is to gather as many right. as yeah. she can have yeah. so she makes the choice. Yeah. Okay. So that's something that's it's yeah, common that in the makes sense. Yeah. It's common yeah. Now. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, it's common. Yeah. Then, it makes sense. And then they have visual signs too. Well, you know, our closest relatives are the chimpanzees. When a female chimpanzee cycles, her vulva, which is normally just small and pink, turns into a big red balloon. It looks like a tumor oh my coming God. out of her. Yeah. Room. Yeah. And it's basically a big bullseye. Mm-hmm. The male sees that. It's a visual. I was in India once, and I was—I don't know—I was hiking, and I had never, you know, I saw I, uh, it was a baboon or Baboons? yeah, sure. yeah, and, and they were and they were um, aroused, yeah, and they were unrecognizable. Oh yeah, that's terrible. It was like those People Japanese pillows. They were huge, <laughs> swollen. I think, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, it took me a couple of seconds to even begin to like guess that these are genitals. Right. <laughs> but like I stopped. I had never seen anything like it. You know, it was But again, it's wild, nature's way. It's and I will never forget it. But Just, it's nature's way to draw attention. Yes, it was. Sign. Oh, no. It was like unmistakable. It drew, I think it drew everything. And, and <laughs> you know, some animals are so sensitive <laughs> to these changes in pheromones mm-hmm. that they can pick up that scent from miles away. It's incredible how keen. You know, we have dogs that can sense cancer in people because animals oh. depend on their senses for survival. Mm-hmm. We have lost that. Again, we douse ourselves with colognes and perfumes and things like that. We have mm-hmm. lost that, even though it still happens with us subconsciously. Like I said, with the pheromones with women, you know, who synchronize their cycles. Um, animals do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So there's so much more that we can Oh, I believe that it still happens. It's just you have to be open, you know, because energetically we are the same we were like thousands of years ago. You just got to take off, you know, layers of yes. conditioning a little bit, you know. Forget like what they told you in school, in church, some of the parents, you know. Like let go of, a, of this little... You know, phobias, which if you look at them logically, really don't help in any, anything. Right. And then it's all there. You know, I feel like, I mean, I feel that there is a communication that happens, you know, beyond, beyond words that's intact in, right. in all of us. And we haven't lost it. You know, we just got to get you know, clear access to it again. And we just have to be ourselves. We got to stop comparing. We tend to always want to do that, mm. compare. Mm. And I start to talk by giving some statistics. And I say, I, I open the presentation by saying, gentlemen, this is mm. going to be a very humbling evening for you. <laughs> and, I, and I give him some stats. For instance, you know, I tell a guy, I said, listen, if you're with your significant other two, three, four times in one night, that's a, that's a big night, right? Oh, yeah. For most guys, that's a huge night. For some guys, huge it's a big night. year. But the bottom bottom line is that if you compare yourself to the mammal that has the record for the frequency of intercourse, you're not even in the same zip code. It's a little animal called the Shaw's Jurd. It's a type of gerbil. It's a type of rodent. (laughs) It breeds every 15 seconds for an hour. 
every 15 seconds for an hour. But having said that, like I explained to the audience, I said, listen, before you all start saying, the women say, that's the kind of guy I need, that's the kind of endurance I need. No No, way. It's quality over quantity. For instance, and I do my little demonstrations on stage too. When a Shaw's Jared breeds, I do the demonstration. He gets behind the female, he's done. (laughs) Okay, he's done. And I look at the audience and I say, women, I know what a lot of you are saying. Welcome to my hell. Okay? <laughs> but the bottom line is that's what the Shaw's jerk does every 15 seconds. Now you look at something like a rhinoceros, a rhino male will breed the female. Yeah. He'll have intercourse with the female. There's no pelvic thrusting in any of the pachyderms, elephants, rhinos, hippos. The male just mounts the female, inserts the penis, mm-hmm. and the vagina does all the rest of the work. Mm-hmm. It's like there's little elves in there working mm-hmm. on that whole thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he will ejaculate every two to four minutes for an hour mounted on top of the female Mm -hmm. every two to four minutes for an hour so again don't as a human being start comparing yourselves to other things because Mm -hmm. it's different Mm -hmm. it's different well and every human is different you know i think that one of the the greatest fallacies is like you know when people change partners they think that what they were used with one partner like is what they should do with the next partner And that's, you know, you have to start all over and find out all kinds of new, you know, ways and information and likes. And so, yeah, like everyone has their own, you know, secret sexual And you bring up language. a very important point, communication. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to, to communicate mm-hmm. with each other what you like, what you don't like. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to talk those things out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's too many people that get into the bedroom, turn out the light, get on top close their eyes and they're done. And, you know, especially as you get older, I think that's one of the things that uh, is so important. You realize that sex is 90% in your brain. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's the way you think. It's the way you, you listen to things. It's the way you, you listen to your, your, your partner. These are the things that really give you uh, the ability to keep enhancing that sex life. Even though as you get older physically, you may not have the endurance, you will have the experience and the knowledge with your partner to make it as good or better than it ever was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it is, you know, for me, like more than even the brain is kind of like, you know, letting go, just letting go of all but that the has stuff. To do with that, yeah, 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 yeah. So getting the the old brain, <laughs> yeah. you know, out of the way. Because exactly. from like, you know, the day we're basically taught how to speak, we're also taught no. And so for so many years, you know, until adolescence, our understanding of sex is no. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's how our, we train our young, <laughs> yeah. which is the exact opposite of what we should be doing. We should be, you know, saying, yes, this is what's, why it's good. This is what works. Yeah. But, you know, that fear of like the, the way that we, you know, eroticize everything that has to do with like intimacy, nakedness, and then the way that we turn the erotic into, you know, something shameful or, you know, pornography right. or, 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 uh, and, you know, or, or something that is monetized, um, bec- you know, becomes the problem early on. Yeah. And that's what pu- beautiful about, the anim- for the animals, you know, I'm, I'm envious of them because <laughs> they, they don't have time and money (laughs) (laughs) and we came up with those two you know ways of counting you know in order to take power away from like the sexually successful and you know give it to those who are you know could like hoard more Mm -hmm. (laughs) right um 
and maybe count better, <laughs> you know, and then you, you end up with like a situation like the Weinstein trial right now, you know, yeah. where a man like that was able to have, you know, sex like thousands of times against the will of his mates only because like he had accumulated Money. those tropes. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and that starts with, the, you know, with the idea that, you know, by, when you, you, you give your body as a woman in exchange for something, yeah. instead of you give your body because you want to, you know, because you're receiving pleasure, mm-hmm. and then also, you know, men, females, are able to receive pleasure, which, you know, in, in our process of confusing everything and kind of like owning the woman and passing her along, huh? we've all, you know, men have been robbed of that. You know, the, the yeah. ability to kind of like express emotion, you know, receive, you know, being stillness, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being sexual stillness. But yeah. You know, I think also, you know, unfortunately, life, society lives on a pendulum. And the pendulum has gone to one side now where I actually... I feel sorry for almost this younger generation because it's become so cynical that, you know, I think a, a young man is, is hesitant to look at a beautiful woman and say, gosh, you're beautiful. You know, they're hesitant now because they think, oh, is she going to take it the wrong way? Is she going to think I'm looking for something else? You know, my father raised me up and said, listen, son, if you see a woman who is, generally speaking, very unattractive, but she has beautiful eyes. Uh-huh. When you see her say, you have beautiful eyes. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. My father would always look at a beautiful woman and say, you are stunning. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, you're beautiful. Uh-huh. And I was, I, that's how I grew up. I mean, uh-huh. I always wanted to. But today, I find myself not saying that to anybody anymore. Uh-huh. Because I'm always afraid that someone is going to say, what uh-huh. do you want? Don't dare talk to me like that. Don't. Don't, you know, uh, sexualize me or anything like that. I'm more mm-hmm. than just a pretty face. I was, mm-hmm. like, I was just trying to tell you you were pretty. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I think society has gotten to such an extreme now mm-hmm. that flirting is no longer flirting. Mm-hmm. Flirting has almost looked like some threatening type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel sorry because I think that takes a lot of fun out of the communication mm-hmm. that couples can have. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with that. I'll go with that. I just feel that, you know, the correction has been necessary. Oh, absolutely. So it, we are in a good path. But yeah, we, we got to... That's what Speak Sex, what I call Speak Sex, is about. You know, finding, knowing, learning the right way to say these things right. without, you know, kind of um, violating, you know, space or, or sense of self or sense of dignity and all of that. But you, the answer is we not to pre- not say them. Exactly. The answer is not to just keep it in. Exactly. Just to find, you know, to rephrase, to, tweak, to tweak the way we say them mm-hmm. so it doesn't sound like... You know, the male is the dominant in charge, the taker, the, you know, because that's how we were so- conditioned. We were socially conditioned to assume the man's there to take the female from like her family, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the prince is taking her, you know, saving her. Yeah. So part of like feminism's, you know, task, social conditioning task was to allow women to come into a place that was similar to the place that men had in society. In the process, I think, right, what, what went a little off balance is that a lot of the women have had no choice but to become fake men, you know, to act as if Let me ask you something. they're not women. Let me ask you and something. And that is something that has to be corrected somehow, you if, know. If I were taking you out to dinner, how would you feel if I opened the car door for you to sit in? 
How do you feel for me opening the car door for you to get in the car door? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, a good question. How do you feel? Because you know, there are some women now that say, I can open my own car door. <laughs> and and, and yeah. I'm, I'm not opening the car door because I don't think you can mm-hmm. open the car door. I'm opening mm-hmm. the car door because I'm mm-hmm. trying to show you mm-hmm. respect and show you that mm-hmm. you know, I, want, I want you to mm-hmm. feel like a lady should be mm-hmm. treated. Mm-hmm. Not that, it's, that you can't open your car door. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you have this extremism now, this... This correction that's overcorrected, it said, I can open my own car door. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say, I can open my car door, because obviously, it goes without saying. Like, you can see, I'm capable. Right. <laughs> I can open a door. But I would like to be in, in some sort of, like, relationship or exchange where I am also opening doors. Right. You know, that it's not, like, only one way. Like, in my ideal world, and, I, you know, I would like to live long enough to see it, you know, I would like men to wear makeup. I would like men to be able to wear a little dress because we're going to, you know, be like, uh, you know, in front of the camera. I mean, not because they have to, right. but if they're moved to, you know, if, they, if a man's moved to, like, he can wear a little push-up bra and it doesn't mean anything about his identity or his sexuality or what he does, you know, in the bedroom with, like, his partner. I think, you know, all, all kinds of ways, you know, that we separate genders should be, you know, er- eradicated and overcome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not just, like, okay, let's not do the cliche, right. and that's all. No, kind of, like, bring us all, you know, even, like, the gender, what is that called, you know, the gender party or something reveal the gender reveal i mean i think that's like the beginning of the trouble (laughs) you know like why pick a different name according to gender why bring you know pick a different color according to gender you know we like start separating us and and putting us in these little you know limited categories and then we reach this point where everybody's defensive you know the male is defensive because like why is it not seen as a gesture of like respect and, and, and honoring that I'm opening the door? And woman is, you know, upset because she's like, why does he think I'm so weak and incapable? Right. <laughs> I just think it's overly defensive. Yeah. In an overly yeah. defensive motive. Yeah. Thought. We like have like overthought and overcomplicated this entire, you know, basic like, you know, sexual wealth that yeah that we're born with that you're telling us about i have an example for you i was um and then you know i want to hear your stories but i remember this as you were telling us about the monkeys um and i don't know what kind of monkey was not um my field but (laughs) i was new in america i left home when i was 15 and came to america on my own so i left the little um town of Iraklion, the capital of the island of crete (laughs) and i came on my own to l.a and I uh, stayed with this woman and went to high school there for like a semester. And so my first uh, boyfriend, um, I went to his parents' house for Thanksgiving, that Thanksgiving. So I arrived like in August or September when I came. Um, Thanksgiving, it was so soon after. And, you know, I was raised in an extremely repressive, controlling, you know, old world uh, household. Um, where everything I did or said, you know, spoke to my father's honor, <laughs> you know, all, all of that. Stuff. So nothing was allowed. There was still like corporal punishment. And then I go to this other planet, <laughs> you know, where like kids uh, took me to, to see Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> so I literally thought I had landed on another planet. planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing was Nothing was the same. <laughs> and I go to this dinner. <laughs> 
And they were, I think they, they must have been like looking back, hippies or something. So there were a lot of animals in the house. I had never, in Greece, you know, people don't have even dogs in the house. There is no such thing. They're outdoors. The right. animals don't come in. Right. So not only they, I mean, you know, now it's November, end of November. I was, you know, familiar with like dogs indoors and loved it. Um, and I've you know, always had one right. <laughs> ever since or two. But um, I had never seen anything like this household. They had like a big open living room, very high uh, skylight ceiling, like a cathedral ceiling. And there were birds, you know, parrots, love birds, different types, not just one type, right. flying around free and speaking every so often, you know. Um, and then the do- as, as I came in, there was like a big dog. I don't remember now the breed, but it was a big dog. Um, we immediately came and smelled my crotch. Mm-hmm. Normal. <laughs> was, well, normal, yeah. Very he normal. hadn't been trained not to, or she, right. or she. But I was like horrified. <laughs> I thought, huh, what will his parents think? The shame, the, who they, they think that I'm <laughs> unclean, that I, there is an odor coming yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was so mortified. Okay. The dog, like, it took him or her a while, left my crotch. We sat down at the table. They had a pet monkey. And I have never seen, I mean, it's beyond imagination for for how I felt (laughs) at that dinner. (laughs) The monkey sat on a high chair and then, you know, we, uh, you know, they ate and there was a conversation and I was on my, you know, I was trying to fit in (laughs) so badly and the monkey started playing with himself. Yeah. Also not uncommon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. And like. The everything I had been taught in you know, 15 years of my life on this planet was just you know, taken apart, destroyed, and deconstructed you know, during that dinner. Yeah. I was like, you know, no, none of these rules <laughs> that I know exist. Well, I will tell you that you can go to the zoo on any given day. And, when I stand- and they never said anything to the monkey. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I go to the zoo, I'll be at the zoo sometimes, and it'll be public in front of the chimpanzee exhibit. If a human woman is having her period. And she's in front of the exhibit. The chimp knows. The chimp can smell. Okay? And he will get all excited. And we have a place where you can walk right up to the glass to see the chimps and the gorillas. And if the woman comes up to the he will masturbate right in front of her. Okay? And this is an ongoing thing because the animals are very sensitive to those senses, those changes in sense. It has nothing to do with the woman being dirty, women right, being... Right, it's right. all about yeah. pheromones. No, it's the no, pheromones yeah, that you have. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. these are things that animals pick up. Like I said, yeah. a dog today can smell cancer in a person. Okay? So animals, their first line of communication is through the genitals. Mm. It's dogs on do- males on males, females on females. The genitals reveal the the availability of someone, the state, the sexual state of someone. Wow. So that's why they instinctively do that. On the same note, when a chimp, male chimp gets in a fight with another male chimp, the first thing he tries to do is bite the testicles off of the male. <gasps> okay? Because they know that that is the reproductive manner to pass those genes on and he wants to eliminate that competition of having those genes. When you hear women or people that have been attacked by chimpanzees, that's what they do. They, they bite the genitals. It's an instinctive thing that they do because they understand that that is the future generation and they can eliminate that and that eliminates the threat. So there's so many instincts that animals have. You know, going back on another subject we were talking about, the roles, the patriarchal roles. You know, mm-hmm. the, the smartest social groups of animals in the world are elephants. Hmm. And elephants are matriarchal. 
Hmm. The females run the entire herd. Males, once they become sexually mature, they go off on their own. They're solitary. They come in to breed, but then are chased out. And an elephant... They're chased out? They're chased out. Yeah, the hmm. males, they're, they're, they're only the young So the females offspring. raise the young then? All the females. It's the, the mothers, hmm. the sisters, the aunts. It is one of the most incredible societies. And the best mm-hmm. parents, when you hear that term, it takes a village to raise mm-hmm. a child, mm-hmm. that is modeled after elephant society. Mm. Some of the smartest, most cohesive social mm-hmm. groups are matriarchal. Mm-hmm. And I've always told people, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not saying this to be patronizing, mm-hmm. I consider women the stronger sex, in many ways mm-hmm. the smarter sex, mm-hmm. and they're certainly the most patient and reasonable sex. You mm-hmm. don't want to paint with a broad brush because everybody mm-hmm. has their own personalities. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, mm-hmm. look at elephant society. It is run by the females. Mm-hmm. And, and that should tell people a lot. Mm-hmm. And I tell guys all the time, listen, in my own relationship, I know that my wife may many times try to make it seem like mm-hmm. I run the household, but I know that she runs the household. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, she runs the household. Mm-hmm. I, I, I go to work, I come home, I'm happy and lucky mm-hmm. to be with her, but she runs the household. Mm-hmm. And I think the more men that understand that, the happier they're going to be. Mm. Well, I think that one of the, the you know, I, I, don't, I don't like the word difference, but definitely one of the characteristics of you know, female or womanhood or, you know, woman gender in any way is that sense of survival that no matter what, I have to survive. I have to survive for my young that I have or will have, you know. And I think it's much more pronounced that we will, you know, take whatever it is because we must survive. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, I told you I've traveled to Africa many times. The backbone of the continent of Africa rests in its women. Mm -hmm. Anyone who goes there will see the women are the ones that are working. They'll be working in the fields Mm -hmm. with a baby on their back. They're doing it. And many times you go to the villages Mm -hmm. and the men are just circled in the village drinking Mm -hmm. and talking. That's how my culture is. It's amazing. (laughs) Like 100%. The men are at the coffee shops, drinking coffee, playing backgammon, talking politics, you know, nonstop. Listen, here at home, my wife. She is the definition of multitasking. Mm-hmm. When the kids were growing up, you know, she ran her own practice. She's a physical therapist. She had running her own practice. She came home. She did the kids' homework. She did all the meetings. She, you know, I, I was not capable of multitasking that way. Quite frankly, when I got home, I didn't want to go back to school again. I didn't want to have to do homework again, things like mm-hmm. that. My wife did it with great pleasure. And I was just in awe mm-hmm. of her ability to multitask mm-hmm. that way and do all of those mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, and I think that's why in, in many families, you know, yeah, a father figure is incredibly important, but there's something about the mother oh, yeah. in a family mm-hmm. that is is just it's, yeah. it's indescribable. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the you know, kind of support women as well. Absolutely. You know, yeah, definitely. I you know, agree. Women, women I think that unfortunately because motherhood is not paid, again, you know, our society by now has has got to this, I call it decay, you know, this play mm-hmm. of such excess yes. uh, when it comes to like time and money, time you know, shrinking time and worshiping money and ju- judging everything yeah, by money that because motherhood is free right. and it's not paid, you know, it's ignored. So, you know, I mean, I was a single mom and I always felt, you know, I, I had a, you know, big, whatever, respected career before, um, 
being the mother, a mother was the hardest thing I ever did. By far, no comparison. And most, I think every and, mother will tell you that. But also the most rewarding. So sure. I'm not, yeah. But, you know, it was the hardest work. Right. And yet, you know, people would ask my daughter, ask me, so what do you do? And I could never say, I'm her mother. Like, <laughs> what do you think I do? <laughs> right. You know, I had to kind of like go back and say, oh, you know, I'm a writer. I'm a mother. I have a like copying the man, you know, trying to sound like a, a male when really, you know, I was happy to have taken, you know, put that secondary to mothering. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's the problem. It's the social value and really the monetary value we assign well, to, and I to, think, to it. Well, and I think, you know, things now with the advances we have, whether it be the internet and social media, that is compounding the problem because I call it the Kardashianizing of America. Mm-hmm. You know, that we look like the Kardashian family with millions of followers. And I ask people, what are you following? What, what is it that the Kardashians have done that warrants this? Incre- it's, it's a big hype. It's like the emperor's new clothes to me. Mm. It's, I'm saying you have mm. these people that are great at marketing themselves, mm-hmm. but what are they really contributing to society? Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I don't see much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that worries me because there's so many good people, so many good moms, like you say, doing this mm-hmm. incredible work mm-hmm. that is raising a family. Mm-hmm. You know, today to get a child to the age of 18 mm-hmm. and get them through school, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's the hardest job in the world. Mm-hmm. It is. It's the hardest yeah. job in the yeah. world. Yeah. And also, you know, like, you know, power to all the nannies and the babysitters and that's all beautiful. But like for me, in my case, I thought, you know, I have not... Like, you know, studied life as much and thought about life as much as I have and written about it and kind of like, you know, consider myself, you know, meditated as much as I have whether in order to like, you know, hire a stranger whom I don't know right. to be with my child most of her time, most of her growing up life, so I could make money to pay the stranger. <laughs> I mean, it just was, there was no logic, right. you know, that I would choose the career over mothering, right. but, the, but the, the society wanted me to. Like, it yeah. really, really was rewarding me if I did that and, you know, financially punishing me if I didn't. Right. So that's where, like, the, 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 the you know, the, the the beginning of this like propaganda happens, you know, because we discredit mothering and, you know, assume that just because women do it, it's something that anyone can do. <laughs> and, that, and that's, that's so, another thing you learn from the animals when you mm-hmm. watch how animals raise their young. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're young. You know, people say they use the term anthropomorphic in giving emotions to animals. And I think that's really kind of self-centered. I think it's very mm. self-centered for us to think that we are the only ones that can feel love, mm. that we are the only ones that can feel sadness, mm-hmm. that we can feel happiness. Mm-hmm. I believe animals feel all those emotions. Oh, yeah, and sure. I feel that by taking that away from them, we're taking mm-hmm. away the core of what they are in many ways. Mm-hmm. And when I watch an animal, a family, for instance, elephants again, how they raise a family, how it takes a lot of work. It takes that village to raise the family. Mm. Um, that there's a lot we can learn. Mm-hmm. A mother, whether it be a gorilla, whether it be a lion, whether it be a, a koala, will protect their baby often with their lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. With their lives, they'll do that. Mm-hmm. So we are very self, selfish to think that, well, animals don't love. Um, mm-hmm. They do. They do love. And I've seen that with, with their offspring many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so, and they don't have rules and regulations, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> they, don't, they, don't fo- they don't follow they a don't chart. They don't think about, yeah, they don't think like, okay, this is the age when you can lose your virginity. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I say animals, if it feels good, they do it. They learn through the process. It's a learned behavior mm. that is passed down from generation to generation with the final aspect being just to survive. Mm-hmm. Just to survive, pass on your genes mm-hmm. to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And really enjoy life. That's uh-huh. what they do. They enjoy uh-huh. life. Uh-huh. We get so hung up in so many things and so uh-huh. many, you know, benchmarks that we think we have to meet uh-huh. that we forget how to have fun and live our lives to the fullest. Uh-huh. Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't know how the different animals select, you know, their 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 mate, but from what you just said, they they kind of do do it on the basis of you know smell and. And intuition, right? Much olfaction, it's sight, it's smell, it's taste. Mm-hmm. You know, um, oral sex is common throughout the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these things are, are all important factors that add up to making that choice. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day... So they may have oral sex and decide they don't want to go into they, they penetrative sex. Hey, they may. Wow. They may. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen. Wow. Uh, what so, animals are... Is that uh, with an orangutan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I've seen that happen. So again, it's all a choice. It's going step by step. You know, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, you know, you go out on a date and we always use the, the uh, you know, analogy of a baseball game. You know, you go mm-hmm. to first base first and you mm-hmm. hope to get to second base and then mm-hmm. the third base. But if you went from first base to third base without stopping at second base, you know, the girl would hit you and go, you know, you're such an animal. What kind of barn were you raised in? And, that, <laughs> and, and, and that's a misconception. Right. My point is, if you courted your partner as well as animals court their Horses. partners you, you would have a much more successful romantic life mm-hmm. because animals go through a series of steps it's not a wham bam thank you ma'am thing that mm-hmm. many people think it is there's a whole series many of them incredibly subtle we don't pick them up but if you study animals long enough little tiny motions in the the head little looks in the eye mm-hmm. little war, uh, you know wiggle of the tail the way the hair stands up these are all visual signals visual steps that lead up to final mm, breeding. But mm. that's not something that happens right away. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of communicating. Animals communicate differently than you and I do. For instance, gorillas. Mm. Well, they don't have language. Well, but know, they do have to language. To their advantage, They don't I have think. the language that we exactly, have. Exactly, they don't have But this, they do yeah. have a language. Yeah. And the language is in their body motion, their mm-hmm, body movement, mm-hmm. with the sense that they leave behind, the mm-hmm. way they look at each other. A gorilla, if I'm, if, if I'm a gorilla and I'm looking at you and you're a gorilla and I look at you in the eye like this, that's mm-hmm. a threat. That's a threat. And if you, mm-hmm. if you smile as a gorilla or a chimpanzee or most other primates, that's a threat. So mm-hmm. we immediately interpret that as, oh, look, he's smiling. He's happy. Mm-hmm. No, he's all. Oh, that's anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it is. Mm-hmm. So people need to understand they all have their language, but it's not the same as our language. Mm-hmm. And once we, we take the time to observe and mm-hmm. learn, that's what's going to teach us. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and I always try to keep an even open mind and have patience. Patience mm-hmm. is so important. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so important. People yeah. expect immediate you know, uh, gratitude right away. I mean, gratification. Gratification. Yeah. You know? It's and like have patience. Have patience. And, yeah. work, work up to something to where mm-hmm. if it's and when you get it's there, worth, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. It's so much more rewarding. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, I think that now with, like, you know, dating apps and Tinder and, you know, whatever, I mean, on one hand, it has made people less repressed, which is good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on the other hand, like, that whole kind of, like, uh, seduction process, 
that is not about, you know, visual, right. visual, and maybe like a few, you know, words that, that you use to kind of sell yourself, <laughs> you know, the PR you right. make for yourself, <laughs> you know, uh, all the other cues are gone. Yeah. So, you know, and then we get to a place where like women feel that they have to, I don't know, you know, enhance their bodies, as, oh, you know, yes. surgically, and, you know, you know, kind of like, you know, look for help in places that are not within, because it seems that we have become superficial. But we are not, because we still have our, our nature. We, we, we have all this extra information. Mm -hmm. We're having it right now, you know. We just don't take a moment, the patience, patience. the time, you know, the moment of, of quiet, without like the whatever you call them Kardashians on the right. screen, you know, without the screen to kind of check in and 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 listen and understand what we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And go with it. Yeah. I agree. And again, I, I've been very fortunate. Since I was mm -hmm. a little boy, I've just been with animals, worked around animals, and I I base a lot of my behaviors around what I see with animals. <laughs> I, I, I do. I actually do. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. and, and I think it's, you know, I, I'm married for 31 years. Uh, uh, we have a wonderful life together. Uh, we have great open communication. Uh, and those are all things that I learned just from watching nature. Nature is universal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I said, whether it be the lions and the tigers or whether it be us as human beings, there is a commonality there that we just have to take the time to look at and you'll see how you can put it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have a question. Well, I have a couple of questions, but one that comes to mind is I, I, I lived here on the beach where I still do, and I, there was like a huge group of manatees that swam all the way. Well, they came all the way to the shore. Mm. So that, that went on. Yeah, I saw, I saw it the first day. And I didn't know, like, you know, we think, oh, you know, they're going to be beached or maybe, right. like, in, it's bad for them. So, like, day two, I called, I don't know who, you know, the, the Coast Guard or mm. someone, and they called, you know. Fish and Wildlife. Right. right. Um, and word of mouth was that it was the males it was mating season. It's an orgy. And the males, you know, and were kind of like pushing the females to a place where they all had to mate. Yes. Um, you know, like in really shallow water. So that's, yeah. Yes. Uh, manatee orgies are very common. Once the, <laughs> once the female releases, releases her pheromones, it's like a dog in heat. The male manatees pick up that scent, and that's her goal. Get as many in as, as she can. Okay, and then they'll wow. herd around her. And again, it's trying to make sure you have the highest success rate of reproducing. Mm -hmm. The more males, the better for the female right. to become yeah. successfully yeah. pregnant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay, another question. Is it true that when dogs are actually in uh, intercourse, intercourse, they cannot be separated? Yes. Well, what happens is the penis of a, dog, of a dog, once it's inserted into the vagina, the end, the head, blows up like a balloon. So it's locked in there. Mm -hmm. There's no way the penis can be withdrawn until that erection subsides and that balloon becomes small enough to come out. Literally, it's locked in there. Mm -hmm. So people who do things like I throw hot water or cold water on the dog, that's an absolutely cruel thing to do. Mm. Um, that is something that is normal, and it's the female's way of locking the penis in there so all the semen gets in to mm -hmm. help ensure that she's impregnated. Yeah. But when a dog... First breeds, people look at the penis of a dog and they think it looks like just a little pink sausage. Well, once it's inserted into the female, the end, the head swells up like a ball mm. and locks it in. And mm -hmm. he cannot pull out until that erection subsides. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I've been in, you know, traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Not in America, but yeah, it's like in traffic that, you know, all the cars on both sides have stopped because we're waiting for the these dogs. two dogs to be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in, you know, the old countries where... Yeah, dogs, no, but that's, yeah. that's the way dogs reproduce. Yeah. That's the way they reproduce. <laughs> and a lot of times the erection won't go down and the dog will actually get off the female's back and they're facing opposite directions and they're hooked up on the back like that. But mm -hmm. it's not by his, his choices. It, that's not going to happen until that erection subsides. Mm -hmm. That's the only way they can unlock. Mm -hmm. So what's the Valentine's Day message from like the animal part of us, from our animal brothers and sisters? The Valentine's Day <laughs> message is that what happens between you and your partner is between you and your partner. Do not look at what other people think, what other people say. Keep an open mind. If it feels good to both of you, do it. Oh, yeah. um, don't get hung up about things that you think you're supposed to do. Don't get hung up about how big something is, how frequently something happens, you know, uh, the number of times something mm. happens. What's happy for two people can be totally different for two other people or three other people or four other people, whatever your game is, mm -hmm. okay? Do not worry about people who are not in your relationship think. It's the people that are in your relationship that are important. That's mm -hmm. the most important thing. Be yourself. Explore. Mm -hmm. Keep an open mind. Sex is the most natural process on the face of the earth. You know, short of being born and dying, it's sex. Mm -hmm. uh, and people need to understand that. Mm -hmm. And the more you take away those misconceptions, those stereotypes, those stigmas, the more you're going to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And instead of porn, watch some animal sex documentaries, maybe? Sure. <laughs> you can watch all kinds of stuff. You know, yeah. I, I mean, there's, there, everybody has a different game. Everybody right. has I a mean, different like, game. I mean, like, learn something different. Learn something different. You know, yeah. Valentine's Day, come out to the zoo and see me do this talk. You'll learn things that you never thought you would want to learn. I'll be uh, very happy to do this. are you doing the talk? I'm doing it on, at, Friday? at Zoo Miami on Friday. Uh -huh. yes. What time? 7 o'clock. Okay. 7 p.m. That's great. They can go to zoomiami.org. You can get tickets uh -huh. there, and I think you'll learn a lot. It's an adults-only thing. It includes, <laughs> it includes wine and cheese, and I hope people drink a lot of wine before I start talking because they tend to like it a lot more. Okay, great. Well, thank you for coming. It was my thank pleasure. It's a pleasure meeting you. wisdom. It's beautiful. Thank I you. hope we'll do it again next year. Look forward to it. And thank you, everyone, for uh, listening and trusting us. And until next Friday, speak sex. Could make love incessantly, I would be God. <laughs>